Are we going straight into it, or are we going to warm up, or... Uh, that's what we were doing when you were gone. So but... sorry. Okay, let's just get into it. <laughs> um, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Almost All Ace Podcast. Um, thank you for joining us for our special guest episode for February. Um, we're, really, we're really excited for um, this month's guests. Um, they're very close and dear friends to us, and they have uh, a lot of wisdom in the topic that we will be kind of exploring today um, openly and um but yeah so uh i will introduce them really quick and then they'll give us a little background information about themselves and then we will uh, roll the conversation from there so uh you guys can go ahead and introduce yourselves <laughs> hi my name is kim hi kim hi kim <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what she was waiting for? Oh, <laughs> no, I was pointing at Hello. Joe. Like, are, you, are you gonna say something, Joe? You gotta introduce yourself. Babe. It can be anything, oh, yeah. Okay. So, like, just, just introduce yourself to me as if you've met me for the first time. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, hi, my name is Kim. I'm so happy to join you guys tonight. A little bit about me. I am. 37 years old, and I am a mom to two beautiful children. Um, I have a nine-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter. Joe and I have been married for almost 13 years this upcoming August. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I used to do human resources um, before I became a stay-at-home mom. I worked in a couple corporate companies uh, doing HR for almost a decade before I decided to be at home full-time. So besides being a stay-at-home mom, I like to do um, like post-college ministry on the side as well as just random hobbies to um, feed a part of me that is outside motherhood um, and just to invest in things that I find joy in. Um, And yeah, that's a little bit about me. All right, I'll go, I guess. Uh, (laughs) My name is Joe. And since my wife is dropping age, uh, I am 36. So, yes, I did marry a cougar. Um, you're, six, so, you're six months younger, so you're not that much younger than me. Yeah, but it's a, it's a calendar year difference. So I'm 84 and Kim's 83. So, uh, yeah, you can just think of like when she was six months old, I was still, I was still eating through my belly button. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting way to put it. So vivid. <laughs> That's right. Or if I was a senior in high school, I would be dating a college girl. Ooh, Ooh go hey, a little scandalous. <laughs> um, so yeah, like Kim said, uh, we've been married for going on 13 years. Uh, we met in Hawaii. She saw me on a beach, half naked, and proposed to me on the spot. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess we'll say we'll say more later. I guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've been in the Bay Area now uh, since 2006 uh, and have been at Apple for about six years now, working on uh, a special projects around autonomous technologies. Uh, and during this COVID time, I've been doing just a, a bunch of random stuff. So I got into bread baking. Ooh. So I've uh, made a French baguette, pizza, now, now sourdough. I've been messing with a sourdough starter. Uh, I bought a pinball machine and, uh, but, but, um, the deal was in order to get a pinball machine, I had to go finish the garage. (laughs) So I've been like putting up drywall, electrical stuff like that. So, 
And then my last thing that I've picked up is uh, just recently I've been um, I've been testing uh, Fortnite to make sure that it's age appropriate for my testing. Test. So I'm on I'm on month three now testing sure it's age appropriate. <laughs> and he's grabbed a few of our friends to test with him. That's right. That's right. You know, just to make sure that the interaction audio is appropriate. What's the verdict? Mm. Is it a, is it appropriate for my? It's uh, it's still undecided. I may I may need yeah. to take more time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe until the next few seasons of are over. You know, right. he needs a couple battle passes, <laughs> yeah, to unlock those perks. That's right. <laughs> but thank mm. you so much for introducing yourselves to us. Um, if you haven't guessed already, we are talking about I guess love. We could call it love or kind of relationships. Because it is February. We could call it love. And it is uh, one of the, obviously, the shortest month in the year. So um, we just wanted to talk about relationships and uh, with Joe and Kim uh, being married and already have kids. They're in a much farther life stage than us. Um, So we wanted to ask them a little bit about their life and their love story and kind of dive into a little deeper. Um, And we have a couple topics that uh, we're going to dig in a little deeper. Um, and before we dive into that, uh, we we know Kim and Joe from when we were in college. Um, they were some of the people that everyone in the ministry were part of, Epic, that we looked up to. Joe was one of the first members of Epic, and um, he gets to share his story every year. But Joe, have you had the chance to share that story this year because of the pandemic and stuff? Uh, uh, no, I have not. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, I don't know if we'll get a chance to talk about that story on this podcast, but hopefully if our listeners are interested, they can reach out to you and share more about that story. But yeah. we're so grateful to have Kim and Joe here. Um, we look up to them, not only for their wisdom and relationships, but in a lot of other things. But we're so glad we get to have them on this podcast so you guys can learn from them too. So, sorry, Edwin, go ahead and continue. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so yeah, we can just start off. Um, I guess for this part, um, maybe we can have uh, Kim answer first and then have Joe answer and then we'll see kind of where they, we'll, we'll tell you what faces they make so that you can see um, if there's any discrepancy in the story. But I guess the first thing we wanted to start out. That's good. Uh, and I can correct. Sure, sure. <laughs> the first thing we wanted to um, uh, explore was What's kind of what was the exact moment that you knew um, you were interested in the other party? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, Joe can fill in some of the details that I might have forgotten in this part of the story of our relationship, but I would say that there was a little bit of chemistry on Hawaii Summer Project. Um, we both were not interested in dating at the time. We were both in um, just different, not even life stages, but we felt God calling us in different areas of our lives to put more of our time in, mental energy Mm -hmm. in. And there were certain areas of my life in particular that I wanted to invest more in, which included just my spiritual health, my emotional health, um, building sisterhood with my girlfriends around me and just really concentrating on women's ministry. Um, and so we had a lot of fun on Hawaii Summer Project when we first met in 2005. And it wasn't until when Joe moved up to the Bay Area a year later and we 
ser- we started serving again at the church that we were attending. Um, that was when I felt like the chemistry picked up from there. And so I would say when we were both um, asked to lead the evangelism part of college group, we started serving together again. And it was on a particular BART ride coming back from San Francisco. Um, I think that was the day when we both felt like something might happen. But yeah, maybe Joe can fill in a little bit of that story as well. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so Kim and I met uh, in 2005 on a summer project in Hawaii for uh, mm. like college leaders of the Epic Ministry that we were a part of. Uh, and so halfway through that summer project, the kind of the, the adult staff leave and they just let the, the kids run the show. <laughs> and so uh, Kim and I ended up uh, working together as part of that. So we were like the leaders of, of the group. Uh, and so she had the hots for me all the time. So it was just a matter of me just kind of like pushing back <laughs> and just saying, yeah, God first, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we, I'd say that there was definitely chemistry, especially as we were like working through, but we just had different, we, we were just focused on other stuff. Um, and then, like Kim said, uh, when I moved up to the Bay for a job uh, and started going to the same church she was at, uh, and then we were both, both a part of the college ministry of the church, so serving college students now uh we were on the evangelism team and so kim is all like you know at some point she's like hey we should do a um an evangelism uh vision casting uh prayer walk i'm like oh that's cool because you know we were ministering to san jose state students at the time so i'm like cool so we're going to go to campus and and prayer walk to campus she's like no we're going to go to san francisco (laughs) specifically union square was where i felt the holy spirit telling Mm. them to go and i'm like (laughs) What? When you prayer walk, you typically prayer walk where you're trying to minister to. But okay, okay, fine, fine. So then, uh, the day comes and it we actually like go really early, and so we catch like one of the first Bart rides out the door, and so I call Kim at like six or five in the morning or something like that. I'm like, Hey, are you ready to go? (laughs) No, I'm not ready. (laughs) Wait, uh, is this Kim? Yeah, it's Kim. Like, what's what's going on? Woke up. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pray for you before we get together. <laughs> so uh so yeah, mm-hmm. no, we uh we met up in Fremont where she's at, um, when she was living with her parents and then took the Bart from there up to the city, you know, prayer walked around the city and then on the way back we were talking about um just you know w- what do we think God's calling in our lives are? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what what do we where do we think we're going? And so actually for me, the biggest filter for like even considering a girl for dating was whether she'd be willing to go on um, like missions, whether short or long, and if that was even a possibility. And so most of the time people are like, that's a no for folks. And so when I just asked her, like, where do you think God's calling is in your life? One of the first things she said is like, you know, I want to be open in case God um, calls me to be a missionary. Mm. And then like... The light came through the bar uh, at that moment. Whoa, here, so and, romantic. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, she passed the test. And then now I see, see in a whole new light. Uh, and so, yeah, it was at, at that moment I was like, okay, you know, it switched from like somebody that like there was chemistry, but we were just friends into somebody that I was uh, much more interested in. I'm crying mm. right now. 
<laughs> what, what, what makes you what makes you feel so emotional hearing this Kim? oh it's just such great memories and I think oh. like I don't know I think it's just I don't know I've always prayed for someone like Joe and I think just mm. God knew exactly the right time for me to pursue a relationship that was just I don't know very Christ I feel like I I can experience God at a whole new level ever since I've been married to Joe like just wow his love for the Lord is different from you know the way that I do things and I don't know he I just learned so much from Joe all the time so just thinking back of how we got together and everything is always just so sentimental and all the warm and fuzzy feelings come out and I just start crying <laughs> so don't mind me <laughs> No worries. I, I wish you guys were sitting next to each other so you could comfort her, Joe. That's very cute. A yeah. virtual arm. Oh, virtual hug. <laughs> that, that's Edwin, but, you know, close enough. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take the hug. <laughs> Wait, um, oh. for Joe, I, I'm so curious. Like, what made that, you know, specific test come to your mind? I feel like for not all guys, but most guys, would be other things that they would be looking for in someone or – if they had a test, it would be something different. But what about, like, why why did you choose, like, oh, if she would be willing to go on missions, that's your specific thing that you were looking for in someone? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I mean, everyone, I think, should think about, like, what are the non-negotiables in their future partner? Uh, and, you know, hopefully that list is fairly short, because if you have a bunch of non-negotiables, and, you know, they take a while to find somebody. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, some of my non-negotiables were one, she, she had to laugh at my jokes. Like that would just, mm. it'd be terrible if she didn't think I was funny. Um, that, that's a very important. Actually. It is. It is. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think I would be happy if somebody didn't think I was funny, you know? Um, mm. and then, uh, her love for the Lord would have to be something that, um, challenged me and, uh, really helped to spur me on. Uh, and then of course, you know, I wanted to be physically and emotionally attracted to her. Um, and so one of the easiest filters for me, especially like being in ministry and being around lots of people and stuff like that was just simply saying like, okay, I wouldn't even consider somebody unless they were, uh, on fire for the Lord. And the indication of being on mm -hmm. fire for the Lord would be that, Hey, they'd be willing to offer their life up as a sacrifice. And so, you know, saying that, not that like, everyone has to be a missionary, but more just as an indication that like, Hey, I want my life to be a sacrifice for the Lord. And if he were to call me to be a missionary, I would like to say that I would be open to that. And so that was kind of my, um, like first filter, if you will, yeah. not to say that, like, if somebody said that, I'm like, okay, now I want to date you, <laughs> but more yeah. like, you know, if I was interested in somebody, but then like, that was never something I saw from them. And that was an easy first filter for me to say, like, you know, this mm. actually probably wouldn't go somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, and I think adding on to that, with both of us being on the same page with being open to missions, um, it brought comfort to me knowing that uh, that Joe didn't hold on to material items or status or the things that he owned yeah. um, really tightly, and neither ne neither did I. So. Um, just knowing that we're on the same page with that type of thing, I think was really important for the both of us. 
I think when we brought up non-negotiables, I think it'd be cool if um, the rest of us kind of bring up one mm. non-negotiable that we've had, you know, mm. just so our wise Mr. and Mrs. Bass can kind of get a feel of like what young folk nowadays kind of like feel is non-negotiable and see how that compares to, you know, a list of things that they brought up. <laughs> Edwin, why do you look like it was a struggle? <laughs> well, I'm just thinking that's a hard, that's a good question. Yeah. You've probably thought about it more than the rest of us, you know, for sure. Does this mean I'm I'm answering first? <laughs> they said to keep it short. <laughs> Does this mean you have an answer already? Um, <laughs> I do, I do, but th- there's so many things. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> one, Edwin, one. one. Uh, I, I just think it's, I think for myself, it's just commitment um being devoted maybe the word is devotion um and i think that that to me means a lot i think that is like that's it i I just i think for myself it's very hard to find Mm -hmm. i think it's it's harder to find people that will really um stick with you through the bad times and the good times and i think like you meet so many people in life but those that do stick with you through those times are very telling like those yeah and and i think that's where true character really is shown but yeah that's mine what about you clarissa Mm -hmm. (laughs) well i think i well my number my number one non-negotiable would definitely be just like devotion to the lord and how they live that Mm. out but i think to answer one that i feel like isn't super common is probably consistency. I appreciate it when someone can be able to um, just carry themselves consistently throughout their life, throughout their day, and um, respect people and their opinions, but also can hold on to their opinions and not be like wishy-washy mm. and things like that. Um, I also realize that that's important for me because I'm someone who... I, I grasp onto the emotions of other people. So when someone, um, their emotions, like they have really bad days and then suddenly really good days, I go up and down with them. And so for me, it's important to just have someone that can be consistent. It's okay if you're having a bad day, but talk it out instead of putting emotions on other people type of thing. So that's just something I realized with my personality. How about you, Nate? Mm. Um, I should have thought of this before I asked the question. <laughs> um, I think for me, it'd be someone, someone who I think something that's non-negotiable is someone who is very clear at communicating. I think I definitely just want to hear about all the thoughts and like the processes and stuff like that, even if like the things you're going through are like very emotional and like very, you feel like it's like impartial or your thoughts aren't completely formed. Like I think being informed of like that, like what's happening in someone's mind can kind of help me act accordingly or like support accordingly. And I think I'm okay if like someone comes at me with like, like very heated or very emotional, like they're going through something. But I think as long as they communicate it, then I feel like that's better than not saying things. Mm. And I just feel like having someone with very clear amount of communication is like very important to me because 
I think as a relatively level-headed person, I, I think I can, I handle most things well. And I just kind of like to just hear it from people rather than just like see that you're going through something like, all right, I'm just going to leave you alone kind of thing. Like I, I'd like to hear about it and like, you know, communicate and help people through it and whatnot. Um, yeah. Joe, Kim, do you, uh, how do you guys feel about our, our best non-negotiables? No, I love, I loved hearing all of them. And I have a question for you guys, actually. Did you guys come up with your non-negotiable based off of what you have observed? And you're like, yeah, I want that in my relationship. Or did it come from like a past hurt or pain that you went through? I think for me, I've never been in a relationship, so I wouldn't be able to express it from past experience. But I think it was more so from observing my friends' relationships. I think when you're a single person, you observe a lot of other people's relationships. Yep. And Nothing else to do. <laughs> and that's how you watch. become a relationship expert without ever being in a relationship. Um, quote, unquote. Coaches don't play, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um so I definitely had found my my non-negotiable for consistency from that observation. I think for me, it's kind of close to like what I've observed from friends, but it's more about like what I've observed about like kind of like I wouldn't say past potential relationships, but like past people I've been into. Like, I think that's a quality that has stood out to me a lot of the last few from, you know, years ago and stuff like that. I think those like that's one of the qualities that has stood out to me from people I've been romantically interested in. Yeah, yeah. for me, um I think mine would definitely come from uh my parents actually, seeing their parents, my parents' marriage and um I think a lot of mm. the non-negotiables that I have uh in my head were from kind of observing their marriage. Um, and I think like, like, I think like devotion is like definitely one of the things that, um, I saw from them and like, uh, you know, among many other things, but yeah, I think mine is definitely like growing up. I think I watched my parents and how they interacted a lot and just kind of learned, um, from that. So, yeah, that's a great question. Mm, that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can move on to kind of the next part of your relationship after the after joe uh, exercises the filter and kim passes through uh we can fast forward a little <laughs> to um the moment passes. where i think this is more of a question for joe and, and and kim too but i think in like in society the expectations for i know men is like kind of thinking about um, getting that ring or like when is that um, I guess the question is, when did you, I guess for Joe, was like, when did you know this was the person you wanted to take the next stage um, with? Yeah. Yeah. So we dated for six months before I proposed, and but we mm -hmm. had been friends for like three years prior to dating. Um, so uh, when we first started dating, it was very intentional. It was like, hey, you know, like I'm dating because I want to see if this will lead to marriage. Uh, and so as a result, um, there were uh, specific prayers that I was praying through. And so um, there were things, I, I call them like the internal versus the external prayers. So there were four internal prayers, which were like, these are things that are just on me, like between me and God, they need to get resolved before I would even be at a place where I think I'd be ready for marriage. You know, um, a lot of it around like identity and stuff like that. 
And then there were four external things that like, you know, these are circumstantial where like it's outside of my control and it would need to be these, like God would have to answer these things in order for this, um, uh, you know, for the circumstances to be right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, examples of that were, um, uh, like the three, I had like the three wise men in my life. So I had to talk to my three wise men and say like, Hey, you know, one, do you think that I'm ready for marriage? And then two, from what you have seen with my relationship with Kim, do you think that, um, we would be good partners? And so the three wise men were like, uh, one was my best friend. The other was my dad and the other was my mm. pastor. And so talk to all wow. three of those. Um, another kind of like external factor was, um, uh, the ring. So, uh, that was kind of a long, like a long, it's a long story, but like the short version is basically like, uh, I had been maybe, I think like a year and a half, uh, out of college. So like had been working for a year and a half as an engineer, but, um, it was, was giving fairly aggressively to ministry. And so I, I didn't really have much savings in my bank account. And so effectively, like when it, when it came time to, to propose to Kim or when I was thinking of even proposing to Kim, I was like, I just don't even have mm. the financial means to do so. Like I couldn't even buy a ring. Mm. Uh, and so that was one of the things I was praying. Yeah. God, how, how is this even going to happen? You know, and I, in a way I kind of felt shortchanged mm. by God. I was like, God, I was, I feel like I've been faithful to you. Uh, mm. And yet when I feel like I want to pursue this woman who I think like would be a great partner for the rest of my life, uh, like my faithfulness is causing me not to mm. purchase uh, or being, be able to purchase a ring. And so that was a thing that like God and I had to wrestle with for a while. Um, but long story short, like my grandmother ended up giving me her ring. Uh, and then that is what is on oh. Kim's finger now. Yeah. Ooh. Um, and then let's see last one or, or the third one. I don't, I don't know if I remember the fourth one, but a third one was actually talking to uh, Kim's dad. And so Kim's dad was a non-Christian or, and still is. Uh, and so just asking for his approval um, was kind of a daunting thing, both culturally language barrier. Um, like the reasons why are very different. Like we're doing, you know, there's a lot of this is because of, uh, walks with the Lord and other things that, you know, he just couldn't understand. So, uh, yeah, he gave his approval, which was fantastic. Um, took a lot of, a lot of investment on my part to build that relationship, but, but yeah, so it was kind of those things. So, and, and in fact, the, the, you know, when I felt like I was kind of cleared to propose, if you will, it was when God answered those prayers. And then when I decided to like then step through and, and propose to her, I think it was just around like, um, you know, we, we choose who we're going to love. Uh, that's at least my, my, my belief is that like many, mm -hmm. just like how God has created free will for everything around us. Uh, we have free will, uh, in terms of who we want to choose to, to marry. And so, uh, for me, I was like, well, do I want to, do I want to propose to Kim, uh, not knowing how it will turn out in the end, but be willing to work on it. And so it took about, yeah, about six months mm. for that. Yeah. So I guess, I guess the question is wow. a little different for Kim, right? It's like for Kim, it's more of how did you know, like for Joe specifically, because I guess the questions are a little different or what you're going, what is going through your head is slightly different from Joe. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of knew that I was going to marry Joe when I agreed to be his girlfriend. <laughs> and it was and she saw me on, on the beach without my shirt. I need to secure that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when Joe first DTR'd um, with me, he was about to go on a missions trip. He was leading a missions trip um, with our college group. So he was going to be gone for a week. So after he told me that he had feelings for me, he said, you know, I'm going to go on a missions trip for a week. So why don't you take some time to pray about this, um, seek mentorship from a couple girlfriends and ask for their opinions about you know, this potential relationship and just really take some time to think through whether or not you might be ready for this. And so I spent a week just talking to some girlfriends of mine, as well as just spending a lot of time with myself, just journaling and praying for mm. this. And when he came back from his missions trip, he took me to Macaroni Grill. And we were, high class. Yeah. Yeah. And we were there. <laughs> Joe's for shaking his head. Three hours. We didn't eat <laughs> wow. a single bite. <laughs> we didn't eat a single bite because I just kept asking him questions. And I think part of the question wow. asking came from past hurts and pains, right? Past mm. dating experiences, not wanting to get mistreated again wanting to make sure that I knew what I was getting into. Right. Um, and so I just kept asking question after question the mo about the most random things <laughs> too. And he just answered. And Joe is a big eater, mind you. Like he loves to eat, especially <laughs> when it comes to carbs and pasta. So he, I remember specifically he had this huge fettuccine alfredo pasta sitting in front of him and he literally had two bites because he was too wow, busy asking, like yeah answering my <laughs> questions and that was the last time we went to macaroni grill because i think a part of that experience kind of scarred him and he never went back oh it's like 40 days in the desert like just staring at like temptation for like so long yeah. it was so brutal i mean like you know, it, it sounds super holy, but like, really, I was like, hey, I'm going logistically, I'm going off on a missions trip. So, you know, there's an opportunity here just to pray and then we can come back and see, you know, where God is leading us. So right after this missions trip, like a week passes and I call up Kim, I'm like, hey, can I take you out to dinner? And can we talk about uh, whether it makes sense to, to, to start dating? And so when we get there, you know, you wait for the server to take your order and stuff like that, like you know, wait for the interruptions to stop. And then I'm like, OK. We know why we're here. You know, I've talked to the wise men in my life. They're all like giving me the go ahead. So uh, do you want to date? And she's like, uh, well, basically, she was like, pass. Let's come back to that. I'm like, this is not a passable question. You can't just say pass on this. And then she proceeded to um, uh Ask me question after question in a way where it felt like I really felt like I was Neo in the Matrix, where I was like having to mm. dodge. So it was just like I think it was so rough. It, it, we were there for three hours, 
the waiter did not once come and check up on us because he <laughs> saw what was going on and he would walk by i'm like bro help me out interrupt ask if i need a refill of my drink or something Homie did not even help out. Um, and so they're probably making bets on like what was happening dude, from was, afar, dude. It was, behind the it counter, was, it, it was from it was from every angle. I mean, Kim was like, "I'm going to put you through the ringer, and then we're going to go through it again." <laughs> and so, uh, at yeah, at the end, she was all like, "Okay, now you can ask me the question." And like after those three hours, I was like, "You know what?" I, I already know it's going to be a no. So like, is this just like, you want me to ask you the question so that you can officially, you know, say no and just like, you know, annihilate my feelings. Okay, fine. Here you go. Will you go out with me? And she was like, yes. I'm like, what is going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I never wanted to go back to macaroni girl. It just has too much of a, an association to tough times. <laughs> to being annihilated. <laughs> yeah. Um, but since you brought up the matrix, like the matrix, he does get hit in the end. So was there a question after those three hours, like within those three hours, or it's like the one that got you, or it's like the one you couldn't answer and, or the one that like, she didn't really accept your answer for. Oh, it's a good one. Uh, honestly, I felt like half of my answers were borderline because mm. the, it was like, she had this whole list of questions. And the moment I would finish my answer, she was on to the next one. And so mm-hmm. it, it really felt like a fail, like an interview you were failing. <laughs> so, Ooh. yeah, it, I, 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 I definitely think that you're at the beginning, you know, I was like, I was knocking them out of the park. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then they like, then the pitching machine just like started cranking up the speed and then like the balls just kept coming faster and faster. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was tough. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta back up my girl Kim here though. I, I respect you for asking all those questions because sometimes it's really easy to be led by emotions and just kind of go into like wherever your heart's feeling. But you know, even though you had to kind of stand up for yourself in those three hours of asking questions, I think like you knew after that, and I think that's yeah. really awesome the clarity that that brought. And yeah, go yeah. Kim. Thanks, Clarissa. You know, honestly, I wasn't expecting a specific answer to come from him Mm. I was looking more at Mm. his attitude towards like the whole conversation the way he Mm. responded the way he acknowledged Mm. my feelings the way he met me where I was at Mm. um Mm. I think just sounds like a job interview (laughs) (laughs) there there is no good answer it's how you respond yeah it's how you struggle is what I've heard because I was asking a lot of questions as well about the future, which, you know, we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to see how he would respond to them, whether or not mm-hmm. he was inviting me into his responses, um, considering my feelings in them. And um, he asked like a lot of great questions back to me because he wanted to know how I felt as well. And I think just having that mm-hmm. um, was very comforting to me that it was a reminder that he respected me as a woman um, and he wanted to know how I felt about things. So, yeah. Mm. All I remember was that like, after my responses, it would be like poker face. And she just like, she wouldn't even give me like, you know, 
any sort of signal that like it was a good or bad answer. She was just like, okay, on to the next question. Mm. <laughs> Very interview like. It was. It was. Yeah. It, it was mm. though she had practiced. <laughs> well, I did do HR, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of part of You're my right. Job <laughs> but yeah, but but speaking of parents, um, I want to bring it back, uh, Joe. I know you mentioned talking about the three uh, wise men in your life. And how you had to talk to Kim's dad, and like there's definitely there were some barriers there, um, language and cultural. And I, I I would love for you to give um, some context about uh, your upbringing and your ethnicity and how you know that kind of played in, um, if any, with like even talking to Kim's dad, and then maybe even like uh, just kind of if there were any like general cultural conflicts between or friction, not even conflict, friction between kind of the whole process. Yeah, sure. Um, so ethnically, I'm half white, half awesome, but <laughs> it's also uh, half white, half Filipino. So hmm. um, my mom's Filipino, my dad is white. Um, and yeah, I would say that growing up, there was a large cultural divide in my parents' relationship, uh, anywhere from like communication, direct versus indirect, and all of the hiccups that come with that, um, differences in terms of like core values, um, differences in opinions on how to raise kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so for me, I would say that my background was basically seeing both sides, um, but not actually identifying with either. So you could imagine like, you know, I remember this, this one time I, I, uh, was hanging out with a friend who this is actually, you know, fast forward to college time. This friend had actually known my dad because they were out like a part of evangelism team together. And I had just never gone with them because it was the same night as actually Epic. Uh, and so I was always committed the same night that they would go off and do evangelism in this uh, farmer's market that happened in our city. Uh, and so the one night where I was able to come, I'm talking with my dad and then my buddy comes by and says, oh, you guys know one another? And my dad puts his arm around me and goes, yeah, this is my son. And my, my my friend's like, that is so cool that you see him as like your spiritual son. That's amazing. <laughs> oh and I just look at him. I'm like, Luke, uh, my mom's Filipino. That's why I look the way I look. <laughs> you know? and so, like my dad, you know, we, we always had this thing where like if I was with my dad, people would always look at us like, what's this dude doing with this kid? You know? Um, and so I never could. Um, I never felt like I fit in with like. Uh, white American culture. Mm. And then with mm. Filipino culture, like some of the stuff that's really important in Filipino cult culture is like being able to speak the language, uh, and which I can't. So I can't speak Tagalog. And so um, plus where we lived, we didn't really have access to a lot of the ingredients for the food, which is a big component of the culture. Mm. And so really for me, I would say that my background in terms of uh, ethnicity or, or culture, I would say, was very confused. Mm. And so uh, I'd say some of the challenges for me were uh, stepping into um, what would be my future in-laws, whose uh, culture and ethnicity is like extremely strong, mm. uh, and uh, being open to their perspectives and understanding where they come from, despite it being foreign to me. Uh, a lot of it, honestly, I... I started to gain a much better appreciation because of the Epic ministry and, you know, it's um, desire to minister to Asian Americans. And so really it was through that ministry that I started to even become aware of cultural differences. Mm -hmm. 
But for me, I'd say that like, even, even now it's quite interesting. Like you can, I can mark like what will be very different uh, in terms of my interaction with like, for instance, Kim's dad or Kim's mom versus any of the other in-laws. So like Kim has two sub, two other siblings and then they're all married, but they're married to um, a Korean or a Chinese person. My relationship is very different uh, with Kim's parents than, than their relationship with um, the in-laws. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I can go on and on, but yeah, it's uh, uh, even in the asking for his blessing, uh, he didn't even understand. <laughs> that wasn't a thing. You know, he's like, why are you even asking me? <laughs> you know, like, uh, are you sure? Are you sure you want to marry her? You know? <laughs> like, uh, and so it was, it was an interesting conversation. Mm. I think since you almost, the way you described it, you seemed almost like a, like a blank slate, like a clean slate. Did you almost kind of take on like a more cultural sponge identity where it's like once you were married into her family, like you kind of just started like absorbing like their cultural aspects or customs or like behaviors or the way they, things like that um you know it i would say so not yet talking about uh kim's family's influence into into my cultural association or cultural identity i would say that like uh nobody ever knew you know my mix and so i would always take on whatever the majority minority happened to be mm-hmm. in wherever i lived so where i grew up the Majority minority was uh, Mexican. So everybody thought I was Mexican when I moved uh, or like when I was uh, on missions in other places, like if it was Indian, people thought I was Indian. If it was uh, South American, people thought I was South American. Uh, And so I've had like uh, even I think the the weirdest one was like an Egyptian grandma. Like I was sitting on like um, a bus uh, stop bench just waiting for the bus to come by. And so this Egyptian grandma comes by and starts speaking to me. And then she's like, hey, are you Egyptian? Because I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not. She's like, but you look Egyptian. And then she still decided not to speak to me in English. And so I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but mm. when it came to Kim's parents, I think like even today, what is what I think I, I purposely bring in um, the other perspective. Mm. So while I understand and can appreciate their perspective, uh, uh, I, I act very strongly in terms of who my own, what my own identity mm-hmm. is. And so, uh, I want to be true to my identity in their household just to bring in light in terms of not, not that they don't have light, but like just light from a different area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, why would we raise our kids this way? Or why do we think about something this other way? Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. So Joe, Joe, you touched on like kind of uh, that relationship with your parents, but I kind of want to ask Kim, like, how has that affected you and Joe specifically? Um, as in, like, how we how we communicate with my or, parents. No, I guess, like, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, the relationship. How Joe's cultural uh, background has kind of affected, like, your relationship between, like, you two, and like things like um, how you decide which cultural values to adopt and to pass on and like what are kind kind of some of the things that you guys have had friction with like oh like oh i don't want my kid to go to chinese school or i don't want my kid to play the piano or like you know (laughs) certain things that you know may be deeper and have different type of sets of values i guess that's kind of what i'm going towards 
Yeah, okay. Um, I would say that we definitely are raising our kids with more Western mm-hmm. values. We would love to integrate more of our um, Asian values and culture into their present lives. But for one, it's really hard t- for them to learn a second language, like Chinese, yeah. for example, when Joe and I don't speak Chinese to each other. Right. It's so hard. We have. Yeah, it's so hard. I think if we don't exercise it at home, it gets easily lost mm-hmm. and it fades away really quickly. Um, right. I would also say that because Joe is half Filipino, there are some similarities in how we do things at home. I asked him, do you wear shoes in the house when we were dating? Those are probably, that was probably one of the questions I asked at Macaroni Grill. Mm, like, no. Non-negotiables. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, no, I take my shoes off at the door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man of God. <laughs> um, and Joe really appreciates trying different foods. Um, he loves to travel as well. So the fact that he's very open to experiencing mm. um, different parts of the Chinese culture has been a lot of fun. He probably knows more dim sum dishes than I do now. <laughs> he just loves Chinese food. Um, and so we are trying to be more intentional with um, talking to our kids about their cultural background. I think it comes out more frequently when our kids ask why their popo and gong gong behave mm. a certain way compared mm. to Joe's parents, their Lola and Lolo. Because Joe's parents are so good at communicating mm. through words of affirmation and physical touch. Um, and that's how... Joe and I also communicate to our kids. We hug them a lot. We tell them we love them all the time. We affirm them for their strengths. We encourage them when they feel insecure Mm -hmm. about something. Mm -hmm. My parents don't do that. That is like a totally Mm -hmm. foreign territory that they have not ventured into. So there have been times when our kids have asked, like, how come Popong Gong Gong don't tell us that they love us or mm. they don't hug us as they don't hug us as often as Lola and Lolo do? And that provides an opportunity for us to explain, you know, like this is how it was for them mm. in their upbringing. Um, these are the differences, but these are the ways that they love you. It, you might you might not see it as like um, love, but Popong Gong Gong do love you through food, through red envelopes, <laughs> through checking in to make sure that you're warm and that you're fed mm-hmm. and you're full. Right. Um, mm-hmm. They're always checking in on their health to make sure that they're healthy, things like that. So, yeah. Wow. I think that's super cool that you guys do that. I feel like most of maybe I'm speaking for all of us, but it's like most of the Asian generation, like of our first, second gen kind of growing up, is kind of like you have to figure it out yourself. It's like you kind of learn down the line that they do like you by cutting fruit for you all the time and <laughs> telling you you got fatter every time they see you kind of thing. And I think kind of raising your kids to like learn these cultural differences of like love languages is like super cool. And kind of honestly, I feel like it kind of breaks down a lot of like the potential parts of like conflict you know growing up was like oh they never loved me all they did was feed me this apple like nonstop. you know 
always cutting me apples and whatnot. So that's really sweet that you guys do that. And I, I also love how they are openly asking you, like, why, why do they do this? Why do they do that? Because I feel like as a first generation Amer- Asian American, I never, I never asked those things. Yeah, like Nate said, I just assume. So it's super cool that they feel comfortable to ask you for clarity in those things and aren't just keeping it to themselves. I love that. I love Mike and Avery. <laughs> <laughs> they love you guys too. <laughs> Mm. I would say to add on to that, like the part of it is also because uh, we try to spend time with both sides of grandparents. And so the the difference is palpable. Like there's just so many differences and they're just naturally curious. Like, why is it done this way here and then that way there? Um, which is often the door for these sorts of conversations. Um, secretly, I would love for our kids to learn uh, Mandarin just in terms of, you know, more people speaking it, because just <laughs> with the last name Bass, it would just be awesome if like Michael Bass comes into a business meeting and people are like trying to talk Chinese in the background and he's just all like, I know what you're saying. <laughs> mm. but, a little spy, like raising a spy would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta plant those seeds but if all- um, so that they get interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully you guys learn Mandarin too, or else, you know, they could be conspiring behind your guys' back and like secretly communicating, you know, in the household. You know what we would do? We would secretly learn Mandarin without them knowing. Oh, oh my gosh. And we'll pretend that we don't understand. Uh, yeah, baby, I like, like doing, how you think. <laughs> like doing like Rosetta Stone, like at 12 a.m. so they don't notice, you know, you guys. That's so good. Yeah. So I want to jump to... Um, kind of marriage and dating assumptions now that um, you guys have been dating and are married uh, for a good amount of time. Um, some of the things that we kind of wanted to discuss or bring up is just we, we talked about some of the assumptions that you know a lot of people may have. Um, and one of the one of the things was uh, that we don't know if it's, I guess if it's a myth, um, but is it true that you have to have an initial attraction at the start? And I guess, we didn't really define like even like what type of attraction, right? Um, could be physical, emotional, spiritual, endless, um, you know, types. But I guess what are some of your thoughts on um, do you have to, yeah, be it? Is there, is there a need for initial attraction at the beginning? Mm. Wait, real quick. Edwin, were you the one who brought up that one? We, we kind of compiled the list together as a mm. team. I think I, 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 I think that was Clarissa. I put that one on the list. Oh, I think mine's cool. the second one. Just checking. Got it, because you were in a relationship, and I was like, maybe you didn't. <laughs> I was just going to see if you can offer more background information about how you weren't attracted to your current fiance in the beginning. Yes, you know? say more. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't, you're off the hook. Don't don't worry about yeah, it. Well, we can all build <laughs> yeah. the doghouse together. <laughs> um, do you want to go, babe? Why don't you go first? Okay. So, my first impression of Kim... Um, Again, this is in the summer project in Hawaii. Um, We were in, our housing situation was a college dorm, but these were called the trash can dorms for various reasons. But uh, part of the reason was because each floor was the shape of a donut. And so on the outer ring, you had the rooms and on the inner ring, you had kind of like the common area and like whatever bathrooms and stuff. And for whatever reason, like there was like, one hemisphere was like guys, the others was girls, but then the bathrooms, 
the guy's bathroom and the girl's bathroom was like swapped for some reason. So like the guys was on the girl section, vice versa. And so for me, um, I think this was like this first day or whatever. Yeah, it must've been the first day. I, I hop into the guy's bathroom on the girl's side, uh, start showering. And part of the rules of project was that you had to, um, come out fully clothed. So you had to go in fully clothed, come out fully clothed. Uh, so done showering, uh, the like, sorry, excuse for a towel. It really was just a hand towel, uh, put that on. (laughs) And then I realized that like, oh shoot, I didn't bring in clean clothes. And so I started like trying to like look around the corner, but there was no corner because it's shaped like a donut. And I'm like, okay, I don't see anybody. And like, right as I'm about to like sprint to my room, I hear this Joseph Bass. I can't believe on the first day of project, you're already breaking rules. Uh, I'm like, I don't know where this place is coming from. Ah! And I just run. Yeah, that was Kim. <laughs> like when it was like this, it was a disembodied voice. I had no idea where it was coming from. And later mm. that evening when like we were like having a large group gathering, I'm like literally listening to the voices of the girls to figure out like who it was. And then when I finally come across Kim and she starts, I'm like, hi, I'm Joan. She's like, yeah, I know who you are. I'm like, <laughs> I've heard this voice before. <laughs> so my initial uh, uh, impression of Kim was that she was boss lady and I should steer clear. Mm. So uh, mm. it is, at least for me, false that you have to have an initial attraction at the start. Mm. Yeah, I would say it's not always the case for everyone. I feel like attraction can grow or it can ignite um, from maybe a, a circumstance that you guys share together or an experience that allows you guys to spend more time together. I think initial attraction does exist, but I don't think that's like everyone's gold ticket that they right. need to look mm. for, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Got it. So you weren't initially attracted when you saw this naked man <laughs> running she was like, across Let's the beach. Let's be real, honey. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she knew she wanted to lock that one. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, deal. She's like, I'm going to go boss him around <laughs> later. You know? Oh. 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 <laughs> uh. I no. do like to be a little spoon. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, every, everyone does, I'm sure. You it's know. so comforting. I love Must being be. big I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I I <laughs> I want to move on to another assumption that we had was um kind of uh does the effort and romance kind of fall off over the years um post marriage or yeah as I think um what at least I think what people say is like um, things change after marriage and you know for some people maybe it does drop off um, but I, I my personal opinion I, I wouldn't think that's the the case for everybody um, but that's I think a big assumption that mm-hmm. you hear among um, the general consensus I would say that you always need to put an effort in your relationship from now until you leave earth side um, I think marriage is like sourdough starter, which has been like the thing <laughs> in our household for the last month. Joe has a sourdough starter named Kevin and he, Kevin Chishan, actually. Yeah. Kevin Chishan. Chishan's my middle name. <laughs> and he named, Cute. he named it Kevin Chishan. Actually, Avery came up with Kevin and then he came up with Chishan as 
the middle name for the sourdough starter because I had accidentally killed it a couple times already. Oh. And so it finally is up and running and he's making a lot of sourdough bread. But why I bring this up is because I have seen Joe consistently feed the starter, check to make sure that it's nice and cozy, check to make sure that it's all balanced out and all the ingredients that are needed to grow it are there. So he's like nurturing the starter all the time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's how you need to care for your marriage as well. You should check in. You should check to make sure that if there's something that's looking a little low, time to invest and put more into that part of your marriage. Um, yeah, it really is like sourdough starter. Wow. If you want it to, if you want it to live, and you really have to put in the time, yeah. the effort, um, into put it as a priority. Mm. So what I got was, if you want to learn to love, you have to learn to make sourdough. <laughs> Start with the sourdough. <laughs> That's the <laughs> test. Mm. Right, I'll, I'll go get a kit yeah. right now. <laughs> I'll start today. So, um, adding on to that question, then. What are some things that you guys do to make sure that you guys are checking in on each other throughout your marriage? You're almost 13 years, right? Yeah. Um, well, pre-pandemic, we would have date nights every other week, which mm-hmm. is really nice because we have some good friends who live in this area and we would swap babysitting mm-hmm. so that we can give each other date nights. But now that we're in a pandemic, we're not able to go out, but it has been nice to just check in on each other actually throughout the day. I feel like our conversations are ongoing now that we're all at home all the time. Um, I feel like for Joe and me, it doesn't have to be like a daily thing, like because it's an ongoing thing. I feel like when there's a certain area of our relationship that needs a little bit more attention, we will bring it up. We would uh, make time for it and we would schedule it as well. Mm -hmm. I think like when you have to juggle work, school, kids, and everything. It's so easy to just like push things aside and to drag it like on with you because you just don't have the time for it. But at least with our marriage, when we know that we need to connect with each other, we intentionally put it on the schedule and we prioritize it, which I appreciate. Yeah, I'll add in a little bit. I'd say that like, you know, if if the marriage is founded on feelings, it's doomed to fail. And so if the the feeling of romance is the key to the marriage, well, you know, all it takes is for you to fall off that feeling train and you're in trouble. And so marriage is all about like choosing to love, putting in the time, putting in the effort, making the investment and not forgetting. And so part of the stuff that I do like, I don't want us to be like Israelites, where it's just like God is providing, you know, manna from heaven, right? And then we forget, like, the blessing. And so one of the things I do is, like, every morning after I'm done showering, I come out, <laughs> having not yet been clothed, I go to him and I say, are you not blessed? Um, you know, I just don't want her to forget. So, you know, it's always important to remind one another of the blessing in life. <laughs> I, I admire the effort. That that's a lot of love. Oh, it, it, actually, it's not a lot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's the little thing. It's return. okay. <laughs> mm. I was expecting you to say something 
different <laughs> than you coming out of the shower naked while I'm still in bed and yelling at my face like are you are you not blessed yeah but it's also accompanied with like pointing at the beach you know several times and you know mm. it's uh, it's a whole routine I love how that was related to the manna that came from heaven. <laughs> mm. Just daily. Daily bread. Yes. Daily bread. <laughs> mm. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> nothing less, truly. Okay, and then the last assumption we wanted to ask you guys was, do you lose your, is it true that you lose your sense of identity in a relationship? No, I don't think so. At least... From speaking, you know, off of personal experience, I feel like Joe really strengthens certain areas of me that need work on or we're complete opposites. So my weaknesses are his strengths. Mm. And I would say that some of my strengths are areas that he has a harder time with as well. And so I think because we're opposites, we're able to just... Um, really refine each other. Um, and I would say that, in, if anything, he has helped strengthen my identity as a woman of God, as a wife, as a mom. Um, and I think it's so important to continue investing in yourself through all the life stages. Um, I remember two actually specific events that happened in our relationship that I still hold on to to this day. I remember when we were first married, when we we were like a year into marriage, Joe traveled a lot for Mm. work. He was gone at least half of the month going to Asia and I was by myself in our apartment. And during that season that we were in, it was really hard for him to initiate conversations related to doing a Bible study together, doing a Devo together, Mm -hmm. because he was exhausted and I was exhausted too. And I remember Joe sat me down one night when I was super emotional and he was like, you know, honey, your walk is your own and I want to walk alongside you in this. But at the same time, it's up to you to invest in your own personal walk with the Lord, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad he told me that because it's true to this day, like, My walk with the Lord is mine, you know, and it's my responsibility to continue feeding it. It's my sourdough starter, you know, (laughs) right? And so that was something that I have held on to. The second thing that I held on to was after having Micah, I struggled with postpartum depression, Mm -hmm. really lost myself in that season. It was probably like nine months of just feeling disconnected in every way. And um, I remember also being very emotional talking to Joe in that season. And Joe had told me, I know that we're really in the thick of it right now and it's been really rough, but I hope that you will not lose yourself in this season. Even when you're a mom, even if, you know, more kids come into the Mm. picture, I hope that you don't lose your identity in any of the Mm. life stages that we go through. Um, And yeah, so I just held on to those words of wisdom. And I'm really glad that to this day, I still invest in certain parts of my life that aren't related to kids or to, you know, being a wife and whatnot. I feel like there's, it's good to just stay well-rounded like that. Yeah, I agree. I feel like 
if you're finding that you're losing your identity in a relationship, then it's um, it's a sign that something deeper may be happening. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, um, at least for, for Christians, the, the reason why we, we marry is because a cord of three strands is not easily broken. It's that like we are now stronger together than we were apart. And what that means is that like uh, apart, I was pursuing after the Lord. And now together, I can pursue after the Lord more effectively because, you know, God is helping to refine me because of this woman in my life or because of this man in my life. And what that should mean is that we should become more and more who God has created us to be as the individual God has created us to be. And so um, in a relationship, if you find that like you're losing your sense of identity, to me, it probably means, and I've, I've experienced this in some dating relationships, it means that like could mean that you're valuing the relationship or the idea of being in a relationship more than where the purpose of that relationship. And so when you value like, being in a relationship or the idea of having a relationship, then you kind of start conforming to what is needed for that relationship or how that other person wants to see you. And so you want to kind of like become that person when that's not the path we're on. The path that we're on is that we're trying to become sanctified day after day, that we're kind of trying to become more and more Christ-like and that this person we're walking alongside with is helping to point out, or God in many ways is using him, uh, to point out all the different areas I still have to work on. Uh, and so uh, for me, I feel like I've had a much better sense of who I am or who God intended for me to become uh, having been married to Kim. Wow. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> what she needs to say is, wow, I feel so single right now. <laughs> no, I... Yeah, I actually, I, I wanted to respond back to your non-negotiables. And I think that what's really important is that you know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, and many people don't know what they're looking for. And so then they end up in these relationships that are unhealthy. Uh, but when you have, when you know what you're looking for, when you have non-negotiables, for instance, then you say no to the things that would not work out for you and that you already know ahead of time. And so sometimes it takes a while for, you know, the person to pass that like first filter, you know, for them you know, to be on the bar and for the sunlight to hit their face in a certain way, you know, it takes, takes some time, but, um, you know, when, you know, if, or when that happens, I think that that's when something special occurs. Thanks, Joe. Got it. So look for girls on the bar. <laughs> uh, that for sure is the key. <laughs> mm, got it. What, what time of day did you say it was? I just yeah, need to yeah. know when the, when the light is right. Yeah, that's right. Coming it, depends, in. it actually depends which bar route. So you have to look at sun angle and stuff like that. And- Science. Are you taking notes, Nate? I am. I'm going to bring up the maps. I'm going to study the routes. Good. It's good. But... Yeah, don't forget, because, you know, it could also be sunset. So, that, you know, you could have two chances in the day. <laughs> okay. Got it. Sunrise I'm there sunrise. day in, day out. You know, on, on the, the search. <laughs> Nate, you want to go ahead and wrap us? Sure. <laughs> Are you all right there? Are you a little tired from No, no. I talking? just... Well, I want voice. I kind of want voice variety. I feel like I, uh, even if yours is the best sounding one. No. Edwin, Edwin started to go downhill after the imagery of like the daily blessing. 
Uh, <laughs> so just, it was just, maybe it was just a little too it. aftershocked. He's <laughs> yeah. still still a little dazed and confused. Yeah, I mean, Edwin, I I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be insulted if you wanted to incorporate that in your future marriage. <laughs> oh yeah, Edwin can take this advice directly. <laughs> oh, you're not blessed. <laughs> Kim is shaking her head. She took a sip I know, Kim, I love the wine. <laughs> she, she, she said, Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, it just mm. continues to yeah. mature with age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, she sipped that glass a couple of times during this whole <laughs> yeah. ride. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, go okay. ahead, Nate. Go, Nate. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, I think that's a good place for us to end it. Um, Kim, Joe, this was a great time for us to talk about, um, you know, just love, relationships and whatnot. And thank you so much for sharing um, just so much about like the ins and outs of like what makes you two work together and, you know, the things that tie together. And it's been really sweet and really kind. And, you know, it reminds me that, you know, still a long way to go for single folk like us. But um, are there any kind of ending thoughts you want to leave us with? You will find your person. And trust the process. Um, I think living in this day and age where the world kind of just operates in a way where you get things right away. Everything's at your fingertips. So waiting can be really hard now. But Mm. I say trust in the waiting because I think there's a lot of refining that's happening as you wait. And seasons of waiting are so good you'll be able to look back later down the line and and be glad that you had that season in your life. I, yeah, I think mine's kind of similar to Kim's, which is, you know, spend the time to really pursue after this notion of who God has created to be. What is your own identity? What are the things that matter to you? Um, because I think one of the flaws I sometimes hear is that um, people are just looking for that relationship, that one person. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is that it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where, you know, what you're looking for is that relationship. What you're looking for is that one person. So you put so much value and weight on that thing that it's doomed to fail because it just can't live up to the expectations. Uh, and so, you know, instead, if you're in a place where like, you know who you are, you know who God has created you to be, then when, if, or when someone comes alongside and helps you in that process, uh, then it's you're pulling together as opposed to you're just taking all the weight of like the value of the relationship and sticking it on their shoulders. Mm. Mm. That's so good. Nice. That's a good point. And with that, we are ending here. If you'd like to hear more about this kind of stuff, um, you can find us on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Apple Music. I'm not an Apple user. Um, <laughs> at almost all A's. I'm really falling apart here at the end. And um, you can find us on Instagram if you'd like to chat, connect, or have any questions at almostallays.pod. Um, thanks so much for listening. Um, for those of you here every week, and if you're new, welcome. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good one and take it easy. Bye. 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 Bye.